Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What is up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Monday, July the 22nd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, rookies are officially in camp, and we continue our preview series with the cornerbacks. How does this all-important position group Stack up behind Xavier Howard. Plus, we'll continue the 2019 opponents preview with the Indianapolis Colts in week number 10. And we'll discuss some Dolphins roster moves, including great news for an explosive Dolphins receiver. A whole lot more on top of that. But first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. The number one follow on Dolphins Twitter as voted by Dolphins Twitter and the show is at LockedOnFins. You can find all of our written content up on LockedOnDolphins.com and of course the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go. That's another Miami Dolphins and first down today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you in part by Postmates, your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service you need all year round. For a limited time, Postmates is giving Locked On listeners $100 in free delivery credit for the first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the code Locked On for Postmates. And as the season approaches, Rookies report to camp, and veterans arrive later this week, just as I do myself. We've got some actual news to discuss here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. The Dolphins added a wide receiver over the weekend, Saeed Blacknell. He joins the roster. He was an undrafted free agent of the Oakland Raiders last year. He made their practice squad, was promoted for one game in November, and then went back to the practice squad, signed a futures contract this January, and was waived over the weekend and claimed by your Miami Dolphins. This is most likely a camp body, but he will have a shot to force the Dolphins' hand in regards to keeping a sixth wide receiver on the roster. I have heavily speculated that there's only room for five receivers on the roster in this particular offense, and the reason he might have a shot is as an exclusive special teams type of player. He wasn't a big-time producer at receiver back in college at Penn State, but he can play gunner on special teams. Currently, Miami's wide receiver core does not exactly have a bunch of specialists beyond Jakeem Grant, who is a return man, not exactly a core special teamer. Blacknell takes up the roster spot vacated by cornerback Jamar Summers. The Dolphins waive the cornerback over the weekend. Among a variety of additional roster moves, Miami designates three players for the PUP, the physically unable to perform list. They are Mike Hole, once again, seems like he's on this list every single August, Dwayne Allen, and Cordrea Tankersley, who tore that ACL back in October. Now, Dwayne Allen missed most of OTAs with an undisclosed injury. I'm sure we'll find out more about that on Thursday, but the PUP designations don't really carry a whole bunch of water other than the fact that if you start the training camp portion on the PUP, you are then eligible to be a PUP player going into the regular season. And if you are on the PUP, once the season kicks off, you have to stay there for six weeks. And that's why this is a big, big deal for the Dolphins on this Sunday afternoon as this information comes across. 
No Albert Wilson on that list, a guy that, like Dwayne Allen, missed the entirety of OTAs. We saw him kind of working back from that hip injury over the offseason, squatting 135 pounds for a guy that I'm sure can squat 600 pounds when he's right, but he's not on the PUP. He's going to be out there. I'll let you guys know what I see in terms of his full workload capacity, but he's going to be on the field when the Dolphins begin camp on Thursday. Finally, the Dolphins move Kendrick Norton to the non-football injury list and will pay out his entire salary for the 2019 season. That in itself is just great to hear the Dolphins taking care of one of their own. Additionally, Kendrick tweeted a picture of himself with Coach Flores hanging out. Coach went over to visit Kendrick, so that was really cool to see up on social media over the weekend. And back to the football side of things, taking Norton's spot on the roster is another waiver claim. Offensive lineman, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals and New Orleans Saints and Indianapolis Colts and Arizona Cardinals for a second time, Will Holden. Holden is another giant at a position full of massive men. He's six foot seven, 315 pounds with a huge wingspan. Now, he played 147 snaps last year as a guard on the inside for the Cardinals, so they probably like his versatility, the Dolphins, but I'll tell you this right now, the tape was not good for Holden in 2018. He was a fifth-round draft pick in 2017 and now works on his fifth team in just three years in the National Football League. I wouldn't look too far into this acquisition or the other one made over the weekend. So that's the housekeeping. We've got a busy, busy two weeks here coming up on the podcast and the Locked On Dolphins website. And I want to go ahead and make sure that you guys are aware of the schedule coming up ahead of training camp and alert you of my appearance on the Locked On NFL podcast with our fearless leader, Matt Williamson, out of town for the week. The team hosts of the Locked On Podcast Network are going to cover for him on the Locked On NFL Podcast. And my episode is up right now with the host of Locked On Raiders. He is Kyant Myers. He was a, it was a really fun show, rather. There's plenty of Dolphins talking there and some good discussion on the new head coaching hires and the state of the modern-day running back. Check that podcast out, Locked On NFL Podcast. You guys can find that at the same place you find this podcast anywhere on the internet. And as for our programming schedule for this podcast, the Locked On Dolphins podcast, I'm going to be at each practice all the way through the scrimmage at Hard Rock Stadium on August the 3rd, Saturday morning. So that's nine practices, and we're going to have you guys covered on each of those practices here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And the schedule for that is as follows. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the safeties, the Browns and Eagles previews for the season coming up ahead, and we're going to discuss the best rookies in all-time Dolphins history. On Wednesday, we'll talk about the specialists, the kicker, the punter, the long snapper, have our game-by-game prediction part one piece, and preview the Giants and Bengals. Thursday is a double header of podcasts. Two shows coming for you on Thursday here on Locked on Dolphins. We'll have an episode out first thing in the morning. That show is going to be 100% your questions on the Twitter mailbag. Then we'll come back in the evening with day one recap of Miami Dolphins training camp just three days away now. And then Friday through Sunday, we're going to have a training camp recast pod training camp recap podcast and journal up on the Locked On Dolphins website each of those days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, we're going to take it off. There's no practice, so we'll be off and give you a chance to catch up on the weekend podcast Tuesday through Friday. Four more days of training camp recap podcast as well as up on the LockedOnDolphins.com webpage. And Saturday, I'll be at Hard Rock Stadium for the scrimmage and we'll recap that for you guys as well. And then Monday, August the 5th, we'll come back to our regularly scheduled programming here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And each of those practice recaps will be paired with a training camp journal from the day 
on the Locked On Dolphins website. I'll also be live tweeting. And even though there are strict rules as far as what I'm allowed to talk about, I'll do my best to not do what a lot of the other training camp reporters do, where they just tell you that Kenyon Drake ran the ball for four yards. I'll do my best to tell you why things are happening the way they are and give you my best expert analysis I possibly can. Fun, fun times ahead here, man. Even if the season might be a challenge for our Dolphins, it feels so good to have this stuff back. I binged all or nothing over the weekend, finished it in two days. That got me pumped, but nothing can get me pumped like Miami Dolphins football, and it returns this week. We made it, guys. And we're going to come back and get to our penultimate training camp guide positional preview next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We'll stop by the cornerback room. You guys can find me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL and the show, as always, at Locked On Fins. last weekend of the non-football period of the calendar is in the books and with that comes out the all or nothing series I talked about and it was the Carolina Panthers not really any Miami Dolphins ties to it but there was a great note at the end of the final episode as the Panthers began their draft preparations and talked about the five or six guys they were comfortable with taking at that 16th pick in the first round and the first guy that GM Marty Herney talked about was none other than Miami Dolphins defensive tackle Christian Wilkins. He said that Wilkins can play any position on the defensive line, and he immediately upgrades your interior pass rush. We know that stuff. I've told you guys that stuff since basically when he got drafted back in April, but it's just nice to hear other teams that wanted a crack at the guy that we got, and we took him off the board, scooped him up, made him our own, and now he's signed, sealed, and delivered in Miami. Up next on my watch list is Last Chance You, season four on Netflix, another fantastic football show. Going to try to knock that thing out before I get down to Miami for training camp on Wednesday. My flight takes off here in about 48 hours from when you hear this podcast. I cannot wait. I'm going to get down there, watch a bunch of football, go get some good food, drink some beer with you all hopefully, and have a great time in South Florida. And speaking of training camp, let's jump right back into the positional guide preview series up on LockedOnDolphins.com. Part number nine live right now on the website. Looking at the cornerbacks, we've got 13 guys to discuss on this list. Let's jump right into that. But first, before we do, we have to start with the coaching staff. And I do believe that this position group has two blue chip talents in it. We'll get to that here in a second. But Josh Boyer kind of made a name for himself in New England as a guy who developed undrafted free agents and lesser known signings like Jason McCourty last season, whose career basically fell off a cliff after his Titans run. And he comes back to New England under Josh Boyer and turns into a good, good player for them. He was on staff with Brian Flores for 13 years. So I think it's safe to assume that he trusts Josh Boyer as much as anybody and that Boyer's voice carries a lot of room in those defensive meeting rooms. We talked about J.C. Jackson on the podcast. He was an undrafted rookie last year who played significant time for the Patriots defense. Malcolm Butler back in 2014 quite obviously helped them win a Super Bowl. And all of this occurred under Boyer's watch as a cornerbacks coach dating back to 2012. He was a DB's assistant from 09 to 11 and a defensive assistant from 06 to 08. So on Brian Flores' staff for 13 years, and he gets a group of players 
that is pretty damn good, if not a little bit light, and a young group of players that could really elevate this position group to becoming not only the best group on the team, but maybe one of the best cornerback groups in the National Football League. And it starts with the highest paid cornerback in the NFL, Xavier Howard, coming into his fourth season. He's 26.2 years old, has a six-year contract working for him, and his elite traits pretty much go across the board. He's strong, he's physical, he can press, he can play mirror technique, has that strong inside hand jam. He's a constant disruption of the receiver ultimate goal in terms of rerouting and getting himself in the way of the passing lanes. Nobody has picked off more passes going back to December of 2017. He's a willing tackler. He's a leader on this defense. He's been humble after the contract signing. I am so pumped for Xavier Howard, one of the best cornerbacks in the entire National Football League. He's never coming off the field. Going to play all 100% of the Dolphin snaps this year. The next blue chip talent, and you might call this guy a safety. I don't really give a shit what you call him because Minka Fitzpatrick can play football regardless of where you put him. I'm going to put him at cornerback because his best position is in the slot. 22.8 years old. Guy plays like a 10-year veteran with his experience and preparation. He is the poster boy for the type of defense this Dolphins team wants to run under new management. A star slot cornerback, an adept outside cornerback, a very, very good-looking safety prospect as well. Now, the coaching last year had him moving all over the formation without much of a reason or even warning ahead of the game for what his role was going to be. And now the coaching staff has harped on the idea that they're going to have Fitzpatrick with a clear role each week. And while that role might be fluid, he's going to know what he's doing. Unlike last year, I expect him to be on the field in the nickel base package as the nickel cornerback. When the nickel comes off the field, it'll be Eric Rowe who goes off the field and Minka Fitzpatrick will stay out there as a perimeter corner. And of course, he's going to get his licks at safety. He's going to blitz. He's going to support the run and the screen game. He's going to get his hands on footballs. This guy is a blue chip player. Our next Xavier Howard just at a position inside at cornerback and moving all over the field. I have him not leaving the football field like Howard 100% of the snaps for Minka Fitzpatrick this year. I mentioned Eric Rowe. He comes to Miami by way of New England, by way of Philadelphia. He's been an injury case. He's missed 27 games over the last three years, but he's on a cheap one-year deal for three and a half million bucks. He's 27 years old opening day, and if he can recapture some of that health and get a clean bill of medical, this guy is an intelligent, position-diverse asset in the secondary. He's played slot. He's played safety. He's helped down in the box. This guy can play football. Just got to keep him healthy. I have him as the other perimeter cornerback, occasional slot and safety, and an 80 to 85% snap taker if he stays healthy. And then beyond that, you start to fall off a little bit as far as experience and known commodities. I personally think very highly of Jalen Davis coming into his second year, the undrafted free agent from Utah State. He's 23.4 years old, cheap as all get out. Of course, those UDFA contracts tend to go that way, but he got into a game last year against the Jaguars. He broke up a third down pass in the end zone. He sacked Cody Kessler and he forced a fumble. He immediately made an impact when he got on the field. And I think that he sees some time this year in the dime package. He's a very immediate backup to the slot position. So he's going to get himself plenty of snaps in the slot as a backup for injuries, suspensions, all that fun stuff. I have high expectations for Jalen Davis as as well. The next guy on our list, a fellow second-year cornerback. This guy was drafted in the sixth round last year, 
Cornell Armstrong. He's just 24 years old opening day, and he earned a spot last year as a core special teamer. He can really get down the field as a gunner. He's a strong open field tackler. He's physical. He's willing. And he did have a cup of coffee on the defense playing 83 snaps. And this scheme change does suit his aggressive style because he's more of a press physical man corner, whereas last year they had him defending two-way goes from the slot against guys like Julian Edelman, something experienced veterans like Chris Harris have a difficult time handling. Cornell Armstrong, the rookie, of course, struggled in that area, but he plays with his hair on fire. He's going to remove the football from receivers, and I think this guy, too, has a position on the roster long-term. He's going to be a backup perimeter cornerback from the word go. Up next, another guy that got plenty of reps last season, Torrey McTire. He's only 24.6 years old, has one year left on his three-year UDFA contract back from 2017. He was the surprise of early portions of training camp last year, but he got onto the field and it was a challenge for him. He has a physical brand and he's willing to stick his nose in on the running game, but he's going to have to fend off several of these younger guys brought in by the new regime if he wants to earn his spot. I don't think he gets it because the tape last year wasn't that good, and I just think the other guys will rise up and, and supplant Torrey McTire on this roster. I have him getting cut. Up next on the list, a guy beginning the season on the PUP, Cordrea Tankersley, very strong 2017 rookie season, fell off the face of the earth in 2018. I think he was thinking too much. This physical style of defense, this man coverage defense, embodies what Tankersley wants to do, and that should help him. But again, he has to get healthy. The ACL he tore last October will put him on the PUP, at least for now, and possibly into the season. Up next is Walt Akins. This guy's a special teamer. There's nothing more to it than that. One year on his deal left, 28.2 years old. He's going to be the Dolphins special teams captain. He was that last year in place of Michael Thomas. I just don't want to see him on the field on defense. That's not a recipe for success. He's a special teamer that makes the roster because of that. Up next, a UDFA, Nick Needham from UTEP. He's 22.8 years old. I actually had Nick's mom on the podcast a few weeks back. Go back and check out that episode. He was a four-time starter at UTEP, all-time leader in passes defense. He's technically sound, a penchant for finding the football, has excellent feet, excellent instincts, and good man coverage skills. I think that that puts him right in line to be a surprise keep on the roster and a Dolphins backup perimeter cornerback and possibly the next name on Josh Boyer's UDFA turned producer list here in Miami. Up next, another guy that the Dolphins seem to like, Jamal Wiltz. He's been in the league for two years on practice squads, but he started off in Philadelphia, went to the Patriots last year on their practice squad, and one of the reasons you like his ability here, in addition to the strong OTA performance he had, is that he played at Iowa State, where there are lots of principles in the Patriots defense from that Iowa State defense and their coordinator, John Heacock. There's a terrific piece by Mark Schofield of Pat's Pulpit and Locked On Patriots podcast that I hyperlinked in the article up on LockedOnDolphins.com. Check that out. I too have Jamal Wiltz making the roster as a backup perimeter cornerback. And that brings us to Montre Hardage, another rookie undrafted from Northwestern, 23.3 years old. And another guy that checks the prototype checklist for what this Dolphins coaching staff wants at the position. Very impressive three cone, short shuttle, and vertical and broad jumps. And you turn his tape on, as you will with a lot of players from Northwestern, and you just see a lot of smart football. This guy had nine picks in addition to plenty of run support evidence. He's not sudden enough to play on the inside. His long speed could be an issue on the outside, but the latter has proven to be a bit of a non-issue with this defensive scheme as you can roll help from the safeties. I have hard 
Partridge as a practice squad player this year for the Dolphins. And last but not least on this list, Chris Lamons. He's 23.4 years old from South Carolina. His first year in Miami this season. He's got limited change of direction skills and his route to the 53-man roster probably comes as a gunner or a producer on special teams. He's more adept in zone, but he lacks the physicality to match up in man coverage at this level. And that's why I have him as an opening day roster cut or training camp cut, I should say, and not on the Dolphins' opening day roster. This group, I've talked about it. The blue chip talent is there. We have guys like Rashad Jones and Bobby McCain, who we'll talk about on tomorrow's podcast, as safety slash quasi come down and coverage and man cornerbacks in the slot on the outside. I think that this position group as a whole has a chance to be very good, especially with Xavier Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick, but also because we're going to see more adaptation into the modern day of NFL defense, more dime defense, more quarter defense, better tackling, better man coverage, and just a better coach defense all around with the talent. I'm excited about this group. I think they have a ton of upside at the top, at the bottom. We'll see which rookies rise to the occasion. And again, I will have a firsthand account of which of those guys does rise to the top in training camp this week and next week going forward with the Miami Dolphins. All right, we're going to come back on the next side of the podcast and talk about the Indianapolis Colts. But first, a couple of words. I want to tell you guys about Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. That's Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. And when you're on that trip, make sure you have your shirt from Untuck It, a sponsor here of the Locked On Podcast Network. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. I wore it to happy hour, to dinner, to mini golf, and to the batting cages on Saturday night. I looked fantastic and I was comfortable. Go to UntuckIt.com. Use promo code MBA to get 20% off your order with UntuckIt.com. You guys know that I'm a big Kenny Stills fan for a variety of reasons. Number one, I do believe that he's a hell of a football player, but probably more important than that, actually definitely more important than that, is just the man that he is and the kind of person he is and the character that he is and the way he takes social issues and social injustices and those less fortunate and gives them a platform and gives them reason to be excited and optimistic about whatever it is going on in their lives. And one that he recently did is his new foundation and the still growing summit is about awareness for mental health in today's youth and youngsters. And you guys know that one connects really close to home with me. So I just wanted to give Kenny Stills a big thank you and a shout out on the podcast here for doing that and being the guy that he is because he's so special and we're so lucky to have him on this football team and in this Dolphins community. All right, let's go ahead and spin things forward here and talk about the next opponent on the Miami Dolphins 2019 schedule. We've knocked out the first nine weeks of the season so far. We're going to fly through the next couple of teams here this week on the podcast. And up today is the week 10, November the 10th game against the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. The only non one o'clock kickoff on Sunday games. They'll start this game at 4.05 Eastern time. And we're going to stop first here with the Warren Sharp book and take a look at some of the advanced metrics and analytics that helped the Colts turn things around last year under new head coach Frank Reich. And the biggest change for them was the fact that they led the NFL in third down conversion rate, the money down. You're going to be a good football team when you do that. And that was due in large part to the fact that they had the third highest first down passing rate at 60% 
up from a bottom five rate in 2017. Frank Reich is just so much more in tune with today's game coming from that Eagles program under coach Doug Peterson out there in Philadelphia. So a big change, a big upgrade over Chuck Pagano and his staff. And of course, leading the NFL in third down conversion rate is a big deal. It burned the Dolphins in that Colts game last season, which led to the comeback in the fourth quarter in the second half for the Colts. And it all starts with the return of a healthy Andrew Luck. He's so difficult to sack, so difficult to defend in multiple ways, and you can't keep the guy down for long. The Dolphins kind of beat and battered him last year, got a couple of sacks, got a couple of interceptions, but he always gets himself up off the canvas. He doesn't have that long memory. He gets by things very fast. He's very smart. And these are the kind of quarterbacks that I want to see this defense play against because can Brian Flores and his scheme and his coaching staff outsmart the opposing coaching staff and trick a quarterback like Andrew Luck, who at this point in his career, adding up all the experience in college, adding up all the intelligence, adding up the talent that he has, and now the experience in the National Football League, having seven, eight years under his belt, can Brian Flores out chess match Andrew Luck in a game? I want to see that matchup more than anything. One of the interesting facts with Andrew Luck and this football team is the cap hit that the quarterback carries. And the four teams last year in the NFL that carried a higher cap hit at the quarterback position than the Indianapolis Colts combined to go 24 and 40. So we know that these high paid quarterbacks tend to hold their teams back, but that has not prevented this Colts team from building an absolute juggernaut around Andrew Luck and the roster they built there with new GM Chris Ballard. We're going to get back into the personnel decisions here in just a second, but first, I want to talk about the coaching adaptations and some of the nuance they have shown on offense. There is so much variety on tape for this Colts team. You're going to have a hard time finding out tendencies and picking things up. I saw them run four verticals from 13 personnel last year. That's one back, three tight ends, one receiver, and you're running four verts down the field, and they can do it because the athletes they have at tight end and the run action they use throughout the course of the game. They had the third highest 12 personnel usage last year when Jack Doyle, their tight end, was on the field. They had the third lowest early down 11 personnel set percentage in the NFL. And then Jack Doyle goes down and they jumped that number from 11 personnel to second highest in the National Football League. What does all that mean? It means that Frank Reich adapts his offense to the strengths of his roster and to the personnel he has available. So it's really a good model to follow, especially the way they built that roster with all the cap space they had available this year. They didn't go nuts and sign every free agent like the Oakland Raiders did. They went after Justin Houston Houston, and fixed the edge pass rush they needed help on. I didn't care much for the Devin Funches signing because I just don't think he's that great of a player, but he's the type of compliment they need with that speedy skill set at wide receiver. And man, did they improve the skill positions on the offense to what they already have with a healthy T.Y. Hilton, a healthy Jack Doyle. They've got Marlon Mack ready to go as the week one go-to guy this year, plus Naheem Hines in the backfield. They add Funchess with Paris Campbell, who's another speed burner type of guy. And on top of that, they completely turned around the offensive line with five damn good starters across the board. You just don't get that in today's NFL anymore. The offense is super dangerous. The secondary on the defense is a bit thin, but very impressive at the top. Kenny Moore is an elite slot cornerback. Malik Hooker can be that at safety if he's healthy. Clayton Gathers is a good player, a leader who's always in the right position, and Quincy Wilson can play ball as well on the perimeter there at the cornerback position. We know about Darius Leonard. He's an all-pro linebacker 
Anthony Walker looks pretty good as well coming back into year number two. Justin Houston should get his one-on-ones because of what they do with the blitz package and free up free runs for the linebacker Darius Leonard in this Matt Eberflus aggressive attacking blitzing defense. This team is well coached. They're talented. They have an elite quarterback. This is a Super Bowl threat of a team and I just don't see the Dolphins competing with the Colts on the road in November. And before we get out of here, I want to tell you guys about Grip 6 and their ultra lightweight belts with no holes, no flap, makes a great gift for the man or woman in your life. Go to Grip 6 right now. They have a special offer for you at grip6.com lock. That's grip6.com lock. I'm going to go ahead and put a bow on this podcast. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up.